Welcome to the In The Clouds podcast. In The Clouds is a marketing cloud podcast powered by Lev, the most influential marketing-focused Salesforce consultancy in the world. Lev is customer experience obsessed, and podcast hosts Bobby Tishy and Cole Fisher have partnered with some of the world's most well-known brands to help them master meaningful one-to-one connections with their customers. In this podcast, they'll combine strategy and deep technical expertise to share best practices, how-tos, and real-life use cases and solutions for the world's top brands using Salesforce products today. Welcome to the In the Clouds podcast. I'm Bobby Tishy, along with my co-host Cole Fisher. And as a reminder, uh, this is a podcast about the functional and technical and solution elements of Salesforce Marketing Cloud. And today uh, we're going to focus on um, and really starting our series of implementing Marketing Cloud. Everything from licensing to uh, building out the account and baseline configuration data modeling, all that good stuff. And today, we're really going to start with and, and focus on um, the email sending readiness and, and really what that kind of means from the start, once you get your licensing all squared away, to really being able to send out um, that first test email. So as we think about the first thing to do, or kind of the first element of Salesforce Marketing Cloud is obviously the licensing aspect of it. So uh, assuming that maybe you're in the process of, of buying Marketing Cloud, or you're thinking about going down that road, um, the first thing to think about are the additions of Marketing Cloud. And, and there are four baseline additions, and essentially it's just the difference in functionality that come with each one. There's basic pro, corporate, and enterprise. Uh, enterprise being the, the most powerful and the most feature-rich. And this is really primarily thinking of, uh, of email um, as kind of that main channel, like, um, like we mentioned, of what that uh, is going through as far as implementing for Marketing Cloud and what we're focusing on for this episode. And we'll get into the other elements as we go along for sure. But... As, as we think about uh, those different additions, obviously basic is going to be the most baseline, you know, just need to kind of send out emails all the way to enterprise, which includes a lot of different elements and in, in feature-rich functionality like uh, things along the lines of um, audience builder, which is a, a next level feature um, for really advanced and high volume segmentation. Um, so it, you can kind of see on the spectrum, and if you go to Salesforce's site, you can actually check it out and uh, and take a look there too um, at the different ones. So I don't want to spend too much time there, but as you're going through that, you can kind of figure out what what features do I need to make sure that um, we're going to be successful in, in implementing Marketing Cloud, and what features do I need? Yeah, and a couple other items within licensing. Uh, once once you kind of select your addition, uh, you think about super messages and the number of contacts and things like that. And of course, that's going to be really specific to whatever business you are. Um, but we think about super messages as essentially the touch point uh, for any contact. And so, um, for instance, you know, an email would be one super message. But uh, in in sort of higher lift, uh, more workload bearing touch points. We would have things like a, a, a personalization builder web impression would actually be two super messages. So exposure to that, um, you know, product recommendation is considered a touch point 
Uh, and so you, you kind of think about uh, what that um, super message uh, construct might look like. And then as well, business units. When we think about business units, these are kind of the divisions within uh, your own company that, that tend to um, match this hierarchy that, that, that you have as, a, as an organization. So you may have a uh, parent level, which would probably be more executive or reporting and things like that. And then you may have you know, a marketing department as one. You may have a certain uh, line of business as, as other business units and so we use the term business units to kind of really uh, delineate what those uh, purposes of each line of business is and then who has really access users roles and permissions uh, within those lines of business yeah so like the the good example is like marketing might be a business unit operational transactional might be a business unit um, other elements too a lot of times people will regionalize their business units and, and another way of thinking about business units like Cole was mentioning was like they're, they're essentially sub accounts so they're their own individual instance technically of marketing cloud and so you can have someone have access to all business units within your org or you can have them have access to just one or a couple you can really kind of build that out however you want the other thing to um, going back to super messages quickly is that as you're going through this and you're trying to evaluate you know how many super messages do I need which will certainly be part of your licensing with your Salesforce account executive um, emails are one uh, super message so if you send out you know 200 million emails a year that equals 200 million super messages um, push notifications same thing it's a one-to-one -one ratio um, SMS messages are a 10 to 1 ratio in the US um, and it varies uh, across the different countries outside of the US across the world from there as well so just something to keep in mind um, another thing too are cloud pages so those landing the landing page functionality of marketing cloud each impression includes is included as a super message as well so think about you know your, your custom preference center your landing pages for gated content, different elements like that, you'll all want to include within that, that super message allotment um, when you go and figure out pricing uh, from your Salesforce AE. The, the other element that's typically included within um, these licensing portions are, are what's called a center authentication package or SAP for short. And this is a, a combination of um, domain branding as well as IP address. And uh, so um, we'll talk a little bit more about IP address and, you know, the pros and cons of a shared versus a private IP here in just a little bit. But essentially what that, that SAP allows you to do is uh, verify the domain that you'll be sending from um, and then tie that to the branding within marketing cloud. So any, uh, you know, uh, from email address, uh, any links within your emails as well as your cloud page URLs will have a domain that's branded specifically to you. So that way nobody knows that you're using an external system or um, anything like that. And it all starts with a welcome email from Salesforce. So kind of the uh, congratulatory, Hey, by the way, you are proud of new owner of marketing cloud and you receive a welcome email. That'll actually be the um, initial provisioning of your account. So you'll actually have access and this will typically go to somebody who's a or N or the administrator. Um, that's been kind of identified beforehand during the sales process as well essentially raise your hand as to who's going to really be the power user um, and be the person that's uh, got the master access and setting up others users roles and permissions and things like that mm -hmm. yeah primary the, the uh, primarily the the kind of main contact that Salesforce might be dealing with so keep in mind if you do want it to be somebody else that gets that first initial welcome email just to let let them know and they'll be able to send it whoever they whoever they need to 
Yeah, I think there's if there's ever confusion on that. It's because you know somebody like uh, like the CMO is. Um, inadvertently signed on as the power user and he may not be, you know, he or she may not be the actual administrative user, but they receive this provisioning email and the, you know, the people that are actually going to be living in it day to day are still waiting for that email and, you know, a case opens up and they find out that it was just kind of a message that was disregarded that we assume that, you know, somebody assumed everybody else was receiving as well. Right, for sure. So yeah, something to keep in mind there, that welcome email typically goes to just one person. So important to get it to the right person um, and, and Salesforce will help you with that. The, as we kind of get into that, so, you know, you signed your paperwork, you get the welcome email from Salesforce, you get going, what's next, right? Well, typically, um, most folks will utilize a partner um, like Lev to implement Salesforce Marketing Cloud or uh, an outside consultant, or if you've got experience internally to implement it, that's great too. Um, but it's, it's really important to have someone who knows what they're doing. Um, and it, it's important to keep in mind that this is enterprise software, right? So there is still so much tribal knowledge and so, so many things that you can um, decrease your timeline for implementation and increase your ROI. All these things that are really important. Um, if you use someone that really knows the tool. And so as part of that, the, the kind of first thing that we think about is, um, what we call email sending readiness or account configuration, whatever that might look like. So as we're starting to figure out who's going to have access to the platform, um, what domain we're going to use, um, should we have a shared or a private IP and just being able to test those basic elements is really fundamental because it, it's essential and required before you start sending out your first campaigns, right? And the data and the content, all that kind of stuff, we'll, we'll touch on a little bit later, but focusing first on um, users and roles. And as you um, build out the platform, you know, if you've got a marketing team, a tech team, everyone should probably have, for the most part, different permission sets or things that they should be accessing. And uh, luckily, Marketing Cloud comes with some great standard roles. Um, you can also build out custom roles that are actually over 1,100 individual level permissions that you can use to create a custom role. They're very rare. Most of the time, you know, 99% of people utilize the standard roles because they work just fine um, for most folks. And there's so many possibilities with standard roles. I mean, there's so many uh, different configurations of these roles that really you can almost, you'd come up with virtually anything. Um, I, had a, I had a hard time the other day trying to think of a reason that a, a customer might want, they were asking about custom roles. And I was trying to think of how they could leverage one. I was like, you know what, honestly, like everything that you've laid out in terms of all your business units, in terms of the B2B and B2C sides, uh, everything can really be configured with, with just standard roles. So your users' roles and permissions really don't need anything more drastic than what's already laid out before us. Um, but you mentioned that's part of the, the, the tribal knowledge of um, implementation when it comes to marketing cloud. This, it's, it's not that, so marketing cloud is just so robust and has so many uh, features and capabilities that it's really understanding how people have used it in the past, how you know, somebody wants to use it going into the future in the first instance, um, that you could spend a lot of time developing custom roles and, and spinning these things up, not realizing that with just a couple of, you know, check the boxes that we could come up with the exact same types of permissions. Um, same thing when it comes to like shared or dedicated IP addresses. Mm -hmm. I know this is a big one. Um, 
And there's not, there's not really a, a recommendation necessarily because if you have low volume um, or depending on your lead acquisition processes and things like that, it may make sense to have a shared IP address. Um, the benefits of that is you don't have to warm up a new IP that you're already recognized um, by ISPs or by the domains that you're sending to. And so that, that allows you to have that uh, very quick start into Marketing Cloud. So you're up and running very quickly without a, an IP warming process that usually takes four to six weeks or so, depending on the volume, sometimes even longer, mm-hmm. um, or even having multiple IP addresses if you have really high volume. But the benefits, though, to, to actually having your own IP address um, is is really not only the fact that when you're on a shared IP, your sender, uh, your deliverability reputation is really just kind of at the mercy of everybody else on your IP address. So you're sharing these with other companies that you may or may not have any idea who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's already established before you get involved. And so the more um, customers on an IP address the greater likelihood of being blacklisted or having, you know, these honeypot email accounts and things like that, that you really need to look out for. And a couple things that, uh, you know, benchmarks, um, not really recommendations, I guess more of just best practices uh, around IP addresses. So as we think about a private IP, typically um, we need to have about 100,000 emails sent from that IP per month for you to kind of qualify for a private IP. Anything less than that typically will go towards a shared IP. Um, And then uh, on that same front, like Cole mentioned, you may have multiple IPs as well. So um, typically the the max for uh, um, uh, a private IP, uh, I would say, or I think is about 3 million a day. Um, If it goes over that, then um, it's typically recommended to go ahead and get a, another private IP um, and you can pool those um, and kind of distribute across the two of them as you're, as you're sending out a large send or something along those lines. The other thing that we get questions a lot too for people who are on another platform like Responsus or Cheetah or Sailthrough, whatever it might be, as they're coming over to Marketing Cloud, we talk about IP warming. They ask, well, can we bring our current IP address with us? And unfortunately, you cannot. Um, the IP addresses are owned by the email service providers themselves, um, so those specific platforms and companies. But so as you come to Salesforce Marketing Cloud, um, you'll have to spin up a new IP um, for the, the private IP recommendations um, from there. Yeah, and another thing is uh, when we think about multiple business units in sort of that org chart of how our organization looks within Marketing Cloud, a lot of the times we separate these IP addresses based on the functions that, that they're performing within the business. So, um, you know, marketing may have a very different IP address than transactional. Odds are you don't want to have your must-have transactional. Yeah, that's a great point. Being on the same IP address as you know, what may be perceived as junk mail or spam or promotions or things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if it, because it may not very well, you know, be that by any, you know, functional measure, but if it's perceived at all or could be marked spam, then you don't want that affecting transactional or other business lines of business that are going to be sending from different IP addresses. Yeah, that's a great point. Based on the kind or kind of classification of the messages you're sending, um, it can also be a great idea to have different IPs there too. And we'll, we'll dive into IP warming um, with one of our, our, our favorite consultants um, in a future episode to really kind of understand the nuances of it and how to approach it the right way. 
So let's say that you know you've gotten your welcome email, you're in the tool, um, you've selected your domain uh, um, for sending. Um, this is kind of the last element that's included on the account configuration piece of um, what's going to be the from address, and, and what I mean by that is uh, everything to the right of the at sign um, for uh, your kind of default sending from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. So for example, if uh, our website was in the clouds.com, we would want to have either a, a new domain, most likely, or a subdomain of in the cloud. So it may be email.inthecouds.com, maybe everything to the right of the at sign, or email hyphen in the clouds.com. Um, and the main reason for this is, is we want to be able to silo where this domain is sending messages from. So that way we can um, counteract any kind of deliverability or elements that may pop up. So uh, a good example is a lot of people will say, well, I use, you know, this domain uh, at uh, my current provider. Can I just use that? Now, technically, can you? Absolutely. Um, technically, it, it's certainly possible. But as a recommendation, especially as we start IP warming on Salesforce Marketing Cloud, we want to have that domain be something different because if um, those domains are the same, those uh email uh, from domains, then it's going to be impossible for us to tell if, you know, we do get blacklisted or we're hitting the spam folder, which platform is causing that problem. And then it becomes extremely difficult to near impossible to help remediate to make sure that we're kind of where we need to be on that front. So um, as we're kind of selecting that, um, it also serves as uh, the domain for our cloud pages. So uh, for example, let's say it's email.inthecouds.com is our subdomain that we select as part of our center authentication package. That also translates to cloud.email.inthecloud.com um, as the, the landing page URL. And then you can personalize it from there as we start to build out some cloud pages. So um, you kind of uh, figure out your domain. Oh, the, uh, one other thing I, I forgot to mention there is um, people often want to know like how many from addresses or um, can they make those uh, from addresses dynamic, all those different elements. Um, the answer to all those kinds of questions is yes, absolutely. You can have as many from addresses or from names as you want within the platform as long as the domain is delegated to Salesforce Marketing Cloud and you've purchased that authenticated domain. Um, from name, so anything to the left of the at sign, you can have literally as many as you want. So if we wanted to have you know, feedback at email.inthecouds.com or marketing at email.inthecouds.com, just based on where you want that message to look like it's coming from, it can be uh, um, as many as you'd like. It can also be dynamic. So if you're communicating on behalf of someone, for example, it can populate to their specific use case. Yeah. And that's really handy when it comes to like uh, lead gen or lead acquisition or um, like distributed marketing efforts where you may be um, sending a journey on behalf of a salesperson, but you want things to look like they're actually coming from that salesperson. So we can actually be even, you know, beyond just feedback or marketing at so-and-so.com. It can actually be uh, a full-blown first person, you know, first to last name, of the actual agent or salesperson or whomever that, that, that this person might be expecting correspondence from. So um, you've got your domain set up, you go through the SAP process that to finalize that you'll actually submit a form that Salesforce will provide. Um, they'll confirm that your, your domain is good to go. And uh, if you have a partner or consultant helping you, they'll certainly help you along that path. Um, and then kind of the final step to make sure that your IP address is correct, your domain is uh, delegated the right way, 
um, and you're able to log in successfully is to send a test email send. And, and typically, um, we just have this be you know a text email, plain text, um, no HTML or, or CSS is required, but you certainly could do it. Um, and uh, speaking for myself, I almost always use Gmail, so I'll send a test email to myself, and then uh, on the upper right-hand side of Gmail, you can do a drop-down and go to show original, and then it will show that your domain passed the verification test, and then also will provide your IP address, and then you can look up the IP address to make sure that it's owned by a marketing cloud, and that it's the one that you were assigned um, during that SAP process. So it kind of brings everything together to make sure and confirm that as you continue to build out the account and you move into data modeling, migration, all these other elements that kind of the, the nuts and bolts or the initial foundation is where it needs to be. Yeah, and this is a really exciting part. I mean, this is where you've, you've kind of have the, the cornerstones of uh, at least the framework of marketing cloud is in place. Now, there's a lot more to be done, uh, especially around data, which kind of lays the entire foundation of everything you'll be doing in marketing cloud. But this is the point where ability to send um, users and roles, you know, permissions is already established. This is kind of the, the honeymoon, like, hey, now we have marketing cloud, we're legit, it's, it's official. Yeah, you know, I feel absolutely. like that. You know, once you've tested it, once you've gotten past that, that, um, that opening email from Salesforce, the welcome email, and you've gone through these processes and, and actually uh, tested that email, now just there's just a certain like new car smell to that experience. <laughs> that it is feeling. very exciting. It's especially as you kind of go through that whole buying process and you finally get to get your hands on the tool. So a, a quick reminder, as you guys have questions or things come up that um, are, are top of mind as we're going through this or other things that you've experienced, please reach out to us at inthecloudz at levdigital.com. Again, that's inthecloudz at levdigital.com. And uh, before we sign off, completely unrelated, what do you got? You know, I was just thinking about this. Um, have you ever listened to recordings of your own voice prior to this? I'm sure you've had like on-sites, things like that where you've recorded and listened to yourself. Yeah, I'm sure I have. I just don't think I've ever really thought about it. Yeah, I, I used to I used to actually have to do those. And I feel like everybody is this way a little bit where you just don't like listening to yourself. A, there's a certain point of, well, I just said all this. Like, I know this already. Uh, and then well, B, listening to your own voice. Well, let me stop you right there because I don't like listening to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> but no, actually, it just triggered in my mind when uh, – I, I interned for a software company and um, they did medical transcription services. And so, um, you know, kind of the background there is as a doctor, you go and see a patient, patient, um, you have a recorder, you um, record your, your notes uh, of what that was. And then a medical transcriptionist will actually take that recording and put it in um, actual copy and text. And um, as part of that internship, a big bulk of what I had to do was create these instructional videos and tutorials for people, these medical transcriptions to use the platform. So I would have to kind of do this whole video and then I would have to cut it and edit it. So I would have to listen to my own voice all day long during this internship. And let me tell you, it was like by the end of it, like by the end of the day, I just didn't want to talk anymore. 
because I was so tired of hearing my own voice. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, there's. I'm still. I'm. I'm waiting with bated breath for Salesforce to come out with um, Transcription Studio or something. <laughs> where, where it's got a legitimate technology. Technology seems to get better in this regard because there there are already like transcription services out there. But when I use them, I I'm, I, I take some online classes and stuff. Um, and when I use those, I feel like we already know that there's there's a uh, a certain um, memory imprinted uh, factor when you see, hear, and and interact with something versus when you just read it in a book. You know, so you know everybody says that they're you know um, hands on learners. Right. Uh, that's a, that's a really common thing. But what's actually happening is you know when you're using you know multi sensory uh, capabilities to to um, receive a message. So when you're reading something and you're hearing it at the same time, you're more likely to remember it because you have more sensory uh, perception to actually store that in memory with. And so uh, there, there's a bunch of studies around this. But um, what I notice is that like, I feel like I'm really traveling along well in classes when I'm reading the transcription and listening to the lecture at the same time. Mm. Um, and so it, it should notably be have a, a positive effect. But with transcription technology the way it is right now, I'll be listening on the, and it'll say something about like, well, I'll turn in your textbooks to page filibuster. And I'm like, what that, that's not, that can't be right. <laughs> it's just a random, you know, uh, and then, uh, you know, next thing we'll start up and we'll talk about our far from nougat. It's like, well, I know there's a word in here and I'm, I'm hearing this, but now I'm distracted because I can't get the right. right. And then you start thinking about Farfanugans. Yeah. Give me start on Farfanugan, man. I'll tell well, you. Well, I mean, you think about your favorites. Oh, and, you know, time. those were the good old days, I tell all you. All time Farfanugan. <laughs> well, the, the one, uh, one thing I was, thought, I was just thinking about was um, it, this is actually completely related to marketing cloud. Oh, see, that's cheating. I know. I know. But it's, 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 a, it's fun for me to think about because, you know, any, anytime you start on like a new adventure or like a new job, like it's inevitable that something's going to go wrong, right? Like at some, at some point, something is, is not going to go the way you expect it. And those are really good learning experiences um, or what I call failures. So um, I, uh, when I first um, started, I, I started my career at Exact Target and I was uh, about uh, a year a year in, um, and I had just started on the services team as a uh, what was called an implementation consultant at the time. And one of my first clients was a, this regional bank. And this regional bank um, had an amphitheater where they would have concerts. And so um, they wanted to be able to have, you know, as you're coming into the concert, there are banners everywhere, you know, hey, text um, VIP to this short code, and you'll be entered to win a VIP treatment. So it was this really cool solution. So you, you, as you're walking into the concert, you, you text in. And then um, from there, uh, you would be able to about, you know, 10 minutes after the show started, they would select a winner and, you know, you got to come down and be a VIP, you sat in the front row, meet the band, Sorry. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was really cool, right? So, and this is, um, for those of you who have been around the, the Marketing Cloud platform when it was Exact Target, this is the days of SMS interactions before it became what it's now called Mobile Connect. <laughs> And so, yeah. And so I, I built this solution. I was so proud of it. I was excited for it. I hadn't heard of anybody else doing it where um, it was going to randomly select this automation was going to run um, 10 minutes after the show started. It's going to randomly select the winner, text that winner, but also text the people at this regional bank. So that way they knew who won. So when they came up to the booth and they showed their ID, you know, they'd be able to identify them. 
And um, what ended up happening, um, I'll never forget this. It was a Saturday night. I was out to eat. I'm sitting there and I get a text message from the main guy at this regional bank. And it's in all caps, Mayday. And so I get out of the restaurant. I go home. He calls me. Uh, I had made the mistake of instead of, for those of you who know SQL, instead of doing select top one, when I was testing it, I did select star, so select all. So oh, every single oh, no. who opted into this campaign as they're walking into the concert got the alert that they <laughs> won the <laughs> And so um, the long story short, um, the, the leaders at Exact Target at the time, I am forever indebted to because they were completely understanding. The guy at the bank even was completely understanding. And, um, it, you know, like I said, I'll never make that mistake again. <laughs> but they ended up having to cough up some cash to that regional bank oh. as part of it. It was kind of a settlement type thing. But um, they were they were truly wonderful and kind of how they they dealt with it with me and that regional bank. They even said that, you know, going forward, we still want to work with you and all that. So it was a really, really cool experience. I made some biffs in my day, but that one is, that's pretty epic. That's, that's <laughs> So one of these episodes, we'll talk about how not to implement marketing yeah. and go through some of the stories that, that I've heard over the years. So. Oh yeah, we could, we could fill a lot of time with those sure. stories. <laughs> well, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.